Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I remember in my head, you know, you talk about people that influence you in your life. I remember in my head, Robert Hicks. Listen, if you're going to quit, just promise me that you'll call me. Just promise me. That's all. And so I called him. Hey, Robert, Robert's Michael Mullins. Sorry, this isn't for me. All these excuses, why it's not for me. Taxi's on its way. He's like, okay, cool. Calm down a little bit. I got a million excuses. Like, okay, so did I tell you that this is going to be the hardest thing you've ever done? Did I promise you? Did I promise you that, Michael? I'm like, yeah, you promised me that. Okay. Did I promise you that at about week two, maybe day eight or nine, that you might try to quit? You might be one of the 30% of people that do quit this job. Did I promise that that might be you? And I'm like, yeah, you promised me that too. He's like, okay, great, great. So you trust me now. Now you believe me, right? You trust me, you believe me. I'm like, yeah. He's like, I also promise you that if you kept to the script, if you kept to the program, you would make the most money, grow the most, and learn the most. And by week three, you'll be okay. Week three, that's all. It's a breakthrough, Mike. It's week three they have to get to. I promise you that. I'm like, yes, you did promise me that. He's like, well, you, you, you trust me, right? Yeah, I trust you. He's like, you know, at that time, the taxi's literally honking the horn outside at me, like honking the horn. And he's like, get out there, get back on your bike, tell the taxi you're leaving. And I did. I got back on my bike. I got back out there and I stayed the whole time. I, I was number 51 out of 5,000 first years. I think my life would be totally different if it wasn't for that phone call. And it wasn't for like, like Robert taking that interest in me. So those things, those things, having those mentors and having those people that you put trust in and that trust you. And I think that's what life is about. And, and having that has changed my life. Hello and welcome to Inside Out. My name is Billy Samoa Salibi and I'm your host. Through interviews and case studies, I examine how transformational insights have helped propel the lives and careers of exceptionally successful people. These major breakthrough moments teach valuable lessons that will help us in business and in life. Today's guest is Michael Mullen, co-founder of Gen Renew and one of the most energetic and enthusiastic leaders I've ever met. I've known Mike for 10 years from my early days in the solar industry when I first got started and he was a top performer at Varango Solar. Michael's had enormous success in the renewable energy space, helping to build roof diagnostics before it was bought by NRG, and then becoming vice president of sales for Solar City. He now owns his own business, and on the show, we learn how seemingly chance events have played a critical role in his life. From finding a flyer about a summer job, to overhearing a conversation about solar while at his parents' house, to his grandfather boarding a train that would allow him to meet his grandmother, Mike talks about how these moments have ended up having a profound influence on his life. 
and he candidly shares stories like when he decided to end pursuing his career in accounting so he could have his first sales job. Mike also opens up about his ongoing challenge with writing the highs and lows of life, and he reveals a special saying that his mother shared that he often thinks about during difficult times. Mike talks about a magical trip to India that gave him perspective about what allows us to truly be content. Why grit, positivity, and vision are characteristics he looks for in leaders, and why he attributes so much of his success to the fact that he found something that allows him to be so enthusiastic. This conversation is raw and unfiltered, and I'm truly grateful to Mike for being so open. It takes courage to be this vulnerable and willing to share so many personal stories. I hope you enjoy this conversation and I hope you gain a ton of value out of these insights and others on this episode of Inside Out. All right, Michael Mullen, I am so thrilled and honored to have you on the show. You are someone that I admire greatly. We had the opportunity to work together way back in 2010. You, you had started, I think, a, maybe six months, a year before me at Varengo Solar in the early days. So probably 2009 for you. I got started in 2010. And immediately when I got started, I kept on hearing about this guy named Michael Mullen. <laughs> and it was very clear to me that this is somebody that I needed to learn from. And you were always at the top of the leaderboard. It was you and another guy named Mike Terry, Mike Terry, Mike Mullen. And I was like, man, do I need to change my name to Mike to be successful at this company? And it was clear that the thing that stood out with you was you have this infectious enthusiasm that is just so compelling. Again, it's just infectious. You just can't help but to gravitate to that kind of passion and exuberance and enthusiasm for what you do. I know that in the past, you know, I think what people said was, oh yeah, he's a, he's an organic chef or, you know, you, you had some story that I don't remember it exactly, but it was, it was that you didn't come from a sales background. I know you had done some sales in the past and I want to hear your story. A lot of your success you can attribute to just how excited you were to be part of the mission and to be part mm -hmm. of the solar revolution. And that's carried through to this day. So for those that don't know you, and for those that haven't had a chance to be around your, your passion and excitement, can you share a little bit about your story, how you got started in solar, but also prior to solar, what you did? And then we'll dive in from there. Perfect. Thanks, Billy. And let's be clear, it was, uh, it was Mike and Mike. And then very soon after that, it was Mike, Mike and Billy. Like all three of us just dominated over there at Varengo and, and had a really great time doing it. I, 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 those are some of the fondest times I've had in, in the solar industry and in, in my 11 years in the solar industry. And, and I learned, I've still good friends with you and Mike Terry and, you know, and we had leaders like Emmett Summers and it, it was just, it was a, it was a magical time. It still is a magical time in solar. So yeah, my background, I don't come from sales really. I've done one sales job before in my life, but I think, I believe we're all in sales. Daniel Pink has a book called To Sell as Human. I don't know if you read it, but it's like, that's, you know, we're human beings. We sell. That's what we do. And so I came, I actually was an accountant for Ernst & Young. I think came from my father. He was an accountant. And, you know, you get into college and you don't know exactly what to do. And I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll be an accountant. I want to be in business. I want to maybe own my own company one day. I, I, I think that as a kid, my dad owned his own accounting firm. And as a kid, I wanted to own my own company. I want to be an, an entrepreneur. And that's where sales comes by. I had, I had that 
that that drive in me. So I went worked worked for Ernst and Young, and hated it, and just absolutely hated it. Like it was a great time. I was twenty five years old and I had a really fun time doing. It. I lived in San Francisco. I was making fifty thousand dollars a year, and at that time I was like, "Wow, this is amazing money." But it wasn't my passion at all. And I remember being asked to to get fast tracked to become a um, owner over there, a partner over there, Ernst and Young, and, and I was just like. You're like, no, I, I can't do this. And I quit. I got really into to raw food, and organic food. And, and I'm like, I wanted to live a different lifestyle. I was searching. I'm a long time searcher, I guess you'd say, and, and trying to find uh, happiness in, in, in my life and my passion in my life. So I quit and I went and snowboarded in Jackson, Wyoming. My best friend was working at Ernst Young too. And he's like, I'll come with you. I'm like, great. This is fantastic. So we went up and we lived in uh, Jackson, Wyoming for two winters. He lived there. For a lot longer, but I lived there for two winters. I got really into yoga. And so I was doing my passion. I was, I was snowboarding daily, climbing up mountains and snowboarding was awesome. And I was doing uh, yoga and I loved yoga. And I went to India for six months and, and studied yoga, became a yoga instructor. And, and still, I was kind of like, you know, I was 27 at the time. I was like, I'll, I'll figure out what I need to do when I need to figure it out. Right now, I'm, great. I'm loving this. I'm, I'm loving this. I'm learning a lot about life. I came home to Los Angeles from India going to just spend a very short time there and a couple of things happened and, and I met my, my wife and, and it was a really awesome story. I'll tell you that one day, but I met my wife and, and I knew as soon as I saw her, she was going to be my wife. I like just saw her and I was like, damn, that's, that's it. And then I started asking myself, what am I going to do? You know, I'm really just sitting there and be like, what, what am I going to do? And I, I remember going on some accounting interviews. Cause I'm like, I'm going to marry this woman. I met her dad and her dad looked at me in this weird hat. I had a beard and I, I looked funny and <laughs> you guys can go to my Facebook page and look at my India pictures. That's what I look like. So met my, 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 my now father-in-law. Okay. I gotta, I gotta get serious. I gotta figure out something. And I went for accounting interviews. I, I hated it. I hated it. So I really was meditating, praying on it and, and just being like, what, what am I going to do? And I think things open up when you're in I was in a low part of my life at that time. I was just, I was searching and, and I really was opening myself up to what I was going to do. And someone tried to come and and sell my parents solar. And I was sitting there cooking for my parents and, and someone tried to sell my parents solar. And, and I remember it so clearly from Varengo. The person was from Varengo and there's a slide in the slide deck. We still use it over here. It says uh, every hour that the sun hits the earth provides enough energy for the world's demands for a year. And my whole being changed. My whole life changed at that moment. And that's how I kind of knew, like, I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do the rest of my life. I want to do solar. Cause it was just like this, this light switch came on. I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. I want to do solar. I love this. And a week later, I'm selling solar at Varengo. And I have a small sales background. I think we're going, maybe going to that, but like, but I was never the best salesperson. I never had the best sales techniques. I really didn't, nor do I now, I don't think. But I, I loved solar. So finding that love for, for that renewable energy and solar has really uh, sustained me for, for these last 11 years. Amazing. You know, it shows. And your, your success and your track record really are a, a primary indication of just how much passion and, and love and excitement can propel you and anyone in their career if you have enough passion and love for what you do, it shines through and it accelerates your growth. And that's a pretty insightful moment. It sounds like that you, you had this sort of lightning bolt that occurred when you heard 
just that fact. You know, when we think about insights and when we think about having a sudden or deep realization or understanding of something, often it leads to a transformational moment in our life that can really be a pivot point and something that is life-changing. And these game changers are profound moments that when we look back and reflect on all the moments of our life, you know, we're a product of our experiences. And so, you know, when you look back at your life, clearly one major pivot point was when you had that sort of epiphany that when you have one for every moment that that the sun hits the earth, it's enough solar power to power the whole planet. I wonder if you could share any other insights that come to mind, you know, whether that be in your sales background or as a business owner. And, and Mike, you, you were very humble. You didn't talk about the fact that you were vice president at, at, at Solar City and now you run your own company in the solar space. But you've had a tremendous amount of success. People really, they follow you and they follow you for good reason. Curious if you can look back and think, what are those things that have really made you who you are today? Solar has been great to me, Billy, like really fantastic to me, starting in Los Angeles and then, and then, you know, went to the East coast and was able to really make a career and help sell a company for, you know, almost a hundred million dollars. And so it was, it was amazing. And I remember back, I think that a lot of high achievers and a lot of people that have a lot of energy, they also have a lot, a lot, a lot of different, you know, ups and downs in their life. And, and I'm definitely someone that had a lot of ups and a lot of downs in my life. And, and, and it's what you do with those you know, a really pivotal time in my life was, you know, I'm, I'm tw- 20 years old, going to school at Cal Poly, going to become an accountant, and I'm a pretty confident person, and people like me, and I go for five, the big five at that time, counting firms, and t- for internship, and I go to interview, and I bomb all five interviews, totally bomb them, and I uh, didn't get an offer for, for any of those. I felt really low. I remember going home and talking to my mom and couldn't believe that I, I, I bombed all these interviews and, and she's like, something's going to come up. And, and I think if you have that faith and you have that opening that something comes up and I'm in the library about a week and a half later and someone comes and slips a piece of paper in front of me and says, do you want to learn more, grow more and make the most money you've ever made in the summertime? And I'm, I'm like, yeah, that those, uh, I'll check those boxes off. Check, check, check. Th- those sound like fantastic <laughs> boxes. Why, why not? So, you know, he's like, oh, c- come to a seminar tomorrow. I'm like, okay, great. And it was a company called Southwest and they knocked and sold study guides. They knocked doors and stole, sold study guides. And, you know, a week later, this guy's going to my parents' house and convincing my parents that this is the best thing for me ever to go and, and, and knock doors for a summer at 20 years old. And so I go, I open myself up to something new, a new experience. And, 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 and that happened. And that experience was so amazing because it taught me. So I studied really hard. I, I, I knew the script. I was like, I'm sales, great sales organization, unbelievable salesmanship and what they taught you. It was, it was amazing. And the first day I go out there, I got all this energy and I sell, I sell all these jobs. The first day, like three jobs. The first day it was unbelievable. I was like, this is great. And then for the next, uh, eight days, I don't sell any jobs. And I decided to go off script and I decided to be like, this is whatever script they gave me. They doesn't work. They don't know what they're talking about. I'm going to go to this other area and I'm going to, I know what I'm doing. I literally knock on this door and this lady opens the door and I try to give her my, my own script. And she's like, not, not interested. And I just, I just broke down, like broke down, like start crying in front of this lady. She was, she was probably freaked out. Jumped back on my bike. <laughs> Company's interesting. I'm in the middle of Marshalltown, Iowa. If you don't know where Marshalltown, Iowa, and most people don't, it's in the middle of Iowa, uh, very middle. and. So it's a Wednesday. 
I don't have any money. I'm 20. You know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I call my parents up and I'm like, mom, dad, I'm coming home. I need help. I'm coming home. I need, I need a credit card. They give me a credit card. They're sure. Like, yeah, I'm sure. And I'm call a taxi, got the taxi on its way. And I remember in my head, you know, you talk about people that influence you in your life. I remember in my head, Robert Hicks, he was the head of the whole uh, Southwest um, program for the United States. And he just, he took a liking to me, you know, and, and, and he's like, Mike, let's listen, if you're going to quit, because I got a feeling you're going to, I think you, I think I said I had a feeling you're going to quit. I'm like, I'm not a quitter, Robert Hicks. He's like, if you're going to quit, just promise me that you'll call me. Just promise me. That's all. And so I called him. I'm like, I just, it was nagging in my head. I'm like, I promise I'd call him. I'll call him. So I call him. Hey, my Robert Hicks. Hey, Robert's Michael Mullins. Sorry, this isn't for me. All these excuses. Why it's not for me. Taxi's on its way. He's like, okay, cool. Calm down a little bit. I got a million excuses. Like, okay, so did I tell you that this is going to be the hardest thing you've ever done? I promise you, I promise you that, Michael. I'm like, yeah, you promised me that. Okay. Did I promise you that at about week two, maybe day eight or nine, that you might try to quit? You might be one of the 30% of people that do quit this job. Did I promise that that might be you? And, and I'm like, yeah, you promised me that too. He's like, okay, great, great. So you trust me now. Now you believe me, right? You trust me. You believe me. I'm like, yeah. He's like, I also promise you that if you kept to the script, if you kept to the program, you would make the most money, grow the most and learn the most. And by week three, you'll be okay. Week three, that's all. It's a breakthrough, Mike. It's week three that you have to get to. Did I promise you that? I'm like, yes, you did promise me that. He's like, well, you, you, you trust me, right? Yeah, I trust you. He's like, you know, at that time, the taxi's literally honking the horn outside at me, like honking the horn. And he's like, get out there, get back on your bike. Tell a taxi you're leaving. And I did. I got back on my bike. I got back out there and I stayed the whole time. I, I was number 51 out of 5,000 first years. I made a ton of money, had an amazing time. And, and I really do not think that I think my life would be totally different if it wasn't for that phone call. Totally different. And it wasn't for like, like Robert taking that interest in me. That was huge. So those things, those things, having those mentors and having those people that you put trust in and that trust you. And uh, I think that's what life is about. And, and having that has changed my life. Isn't it interesting that in a moment of really kind of failure, you managed to turn that into a time in your life that you reflect on now, years later, and look at that as a catalyst to your success that you have today. It's fascinating to think, and obviously it goes without saying that, you know, when you do stick, stick to something, magical things can happen. And conversely, when you give up, it makes it very difficult to achieve the things that you set out to achieve. And then 51 out of 5,000 people, like clearly you are somebody that when you put your mind to something, you can achieve a, a, you know, an incredible level of success. While we're talking about failures, you know, that is something that, you know, we often look at as you said it a few minutes ago, that somebody like yourself, who's extremely energetic and passionate and have a ton of enthusiasm, that sometimes there's going to be those ups and downs, those highs and lows. Mm -hmm. Can you reflect and think of any other times in your life that maybe at the time it felt like a failure, but then when you look back now, it maybe wasn't as big of a failure as, as you thought because it helped to, to make you who you are today. Yeah, and it's it's, it's funny the, the highs and lows. It, Billy, we we've chose the, the the solar industry and we've both been in it, and that's you know the solar coaster we talked about. There's there's so many highs and lows in this industry, and and 
you know, we're, we're fighting against, a, you know, a 150 year old monopoly. And so there, you know, you get the highs and lows. And, and I remember, you know, one of those times being on this, on this high, because you, you get on these highs in the solar industry. And I remember being content. I remember I was in New York city with my, my, my wife, and I was probably two years into roof diagnostics. And we were, I think at number four in the nation, we started zero. It was, it was me when I started roof diagnostics on, on the solar side. And we became, I think, number four in the nation at that time. Uh, so we were growing rapidly. It was really fun. And I remember talking to my wife and saying, I, I'm so content, so happy. It was Sunday afternoon. I was drinking a, some kind of champagne drink for brunch. It was like, yeah, hey, life is so good. God, nothing could be better. And literally at that same lunch, I get an email telling me that the rebate program for LIPA, Long Island Utility, was shutting down or having a little more moratorium. And no one saw it coming. No one saw it coming. And it was my largest territory at that time. Two days later, I had to go and literally fired 21 people. We, we, we got them some back a few months later when, when the rebate came back, but it was really a hard time when I was at this, this high and then it drops down to, to this, this low and, and, and having to, you know, I think that was probably one of the hardest days of my life and, and having to go there and see these 21 people that were in the room, everything was great. And I haven't looked at them in the face and say, guys, you don't have a, a job any, anymore and I don't have a solution for you right now. There's, there's nothing that, that we can do. That was hard. That was a hard part of leadership that I had to deal with. That's one of many times I feel like I've had failure in my life. And sometimes the circumstances are, are beyond your control. Now we came back and we did great in Long Island and the team did great. I hired some of those people back and we came back with a vengeance. It was great. You know, it's fantastic. But you know, when you're when you're on those highs, you gotta remember that right around the corner you got you know, you, Something else is coming to hit you. When you have a moment like that, that one moment you're, you know, drinking champagne and eating caviar. I know maybe you weren't literally eating caviar, but the point being is you were you were on your high and moments later you're kind of at a low. You know, now knowing what you know and kind of having gone through this multiple times, how do you handle situations like that now? And what are the learnings that you've taken from just being on that solar coaster, right? The ups and the downs. What are the the things that you tell yourself or how do you really balance yourself in a way where you don't allow those lows to get you too low and maybe even don't allow the highs to get you too high. Billy, I'm still learning that every single day. It, it feels like it, it, you know, my mom used to always tell me, my mom was really, she loved quotes and she would always tell me that this too shall pass like this, this too shall pass. And it does. And I think we have to back up and, you know, for me, I, I try and, I, and I'm definitely still working on this every single day in my life and, and, and all with everything where I step back and, and take perspective. You know, if my great grandfather didn't go board this one train, he wouldn't have met my great grandmother and I wouldn't be alive. You know, like it, it's, it's all about perspective of where we are in our life and how, and how lucky, how lucky we are. I remember spending that time in India and you had such happy people living in poverty and squabble and I remember seeing a kid pooping on the street like right next to me and with a big smile on his face and big happy and his mom was happy and like you know living in such poverty and you come to the United States and you got people that have all this material wealth but they're not happy 
and you know all this achievement necessarily but they're they're not happy and 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 i i find myself living that over my head like why why am i not fulfilled i have all this stuff that i've done and why i'm not fulfilled and i think it's stepping back and really taking um accountability for your happiness accountability for your life and stepping back and 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 perspective and being like wow how blessed are we to just be alive you know, one of the billions of people on this earth and, and I am, I'm lucky just to be here. So I think it's perspective taking, I think it's uh, sitting back and really just taking that perspective because those enjoy the highs, but you know, and when you know that things aren't doing well, no, that's going to turn around. It, it always, always does. Yeah, no, no doubt. And you said it perspective and that's what it really comes down to. Perspective matters. And all too often, I think we get so wrapped up in our day-to-day lives that we forget how much we really have to be grateful for. And, and I know that it's easy to get frustrated, to get upset, to get angry when things aren't going our way. But if you really think about life and just how grateful we have just to be living, just to be living in and of itself is, is something to be grateful for, let alone all the amazing things that that most of us have. And it is interesting, you know, you talked about travel and going to India and I that's that's a subject that I'm fascinated by because when you experience other places, other countries, you, you do often get this sense of, wow, I really do have a lot to be grateful for. And also, you have a lot to learn from other cultures that they don't necessarily subscribe to this material world that we all are so immersed in. And when you look at life and you think about happiness, happiness is really about connection. And it's about having people in your life that you care about and that you want to be around and that you laugh with and enjoy the company of. And I, I think that it's important to take pause and to remember that you know, life and, and happiness doesn't all have to revolve around, did you have a certain level of success in your job? Now, I say that and recognize that it's also important to have success in your job, but it doesn't mean it's everything. Thank you for sharing and thank you for being so candid and being a bit vulnerable here and sharing that, you know, just because you've had a tremendous amount of success doesn't mean that it's always been roses and rainbows. And so, Wondering when you look back and you think about yourself and, and if you do a bit of reflection and flex that self-awareness muscle a bit, what, what do you think have been some of the keys to your success as both a leader and an entrepreneur? And I know that's often hard because you're such a humble guy, but at the same time, you know, I think it's important that you do look at your strengths because those are areas that as we become better at whatever it is we do, the more we use our strengths and kind of double down on our strengths, I think the more success we have and the more we're able to optimize our performance. So curious if you could share, what are some of the keys to your success? I mean, I think the biggest key to my success has been my enthusiasm. And that has come through being the industry I love. Before this, it was, you know, raw food and snowboarding and yoga. And I was successful in those. And then, you know, I always followed 
what I loved. I got into solar because I, I absolutely loved it. And I loved what it meant for the planet. I loved what it meant for homeowners. And I, and that was the key because I loved it so much. I was, I was enthusiastic about it. And when I get enthusiastic about it, people want to, I attract great people around me. So that's the biggest thing too, is I was, I've been able to attract great people I wouldn't say I'm the best at executing one of Edison's famous lines. And I love Edison because he's, you know, he's the father of electricity. You know, he says vision without execution is hallucination. And so I haven't always been the best at executing like bam, but I've been able to have great visions and then attract other people around me that can help me execute those visions and because I was able to attract people, because I because I was able to keep their energy high and 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 keep them in a positive mood and seeing the the end picture with which the end picture for me is is let's help save this world, you know let let's let's help to make it better for our kids and our grandkids, and that's the really the reason I'm in renewable energy and, and the reason why solar makes sense, and because of that, I've been able to attract the right people around me. And so I'll keep my enthusiasm up and get people to execute around me. <laughs> it's so funny because as I wrote these questions, I wrote the question, what are your keys to success? And my follow-up question was about enthusiasm. And, you know, no wonder because of who you are that I would have a question about enthusiasm as- after asking what's some of the keys to your success. But as someone who's enthusiastic and as someone who has this high level of energy, I guess the question that I have, and I'm sure others would want to know is how do you maintain that level of energy and how do you keep your passion so elevated and your enthusiasm at such a high point? Is it easy for you? Does it come naturally? Do you work at it? Like, can you share a little bit about how you maintain that? It is definitely not easy. It, co- it comes natural to me because I ride highs and lows. I always have my life. And so the, the, it comes natural to ride those highs and be able to just keep riding them. But when I'm feeling down and I think that surprises people, some people don't realize that like, you know, I'm like everyone else and I definitely have my down days and, and down periods in my life. So for me, when things like that happen, like I have to make sure I'm feeding myself spiritually, physically, and emotionally. So what does that mean? Like I, I, these days, like right now I'm working out constantly. I'm, I'm waking up early in the morning and I'm, and I'm working out and I'm trying to meditate for at least 10 minutes every single day. So like I have found in my lifetime when I am keeping my physical body healthy, I'm typically in a better mental shape, you know, feeding your mind with positive books and podcasts and people around you, like, you know, the, making sure the people around you are the people that you want to emulate for your life and, 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 and are going to help you become a better person, you know, having conversation with Billy Salibi and, 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 you know, it makes me feel better during the day. You know, I know after this conversation, I'll go out and I will, I will do something great because I feel good. It's really trying to keep myself positive because when I'm in a positive mood, I'm, I can be a great force. And when I'm not in a positive mood, it's painful. You know, it, it, it could be, it could be painful for myself and painful for people around me. So it's, it's, you know, and that's, it, it's not always easy. And it, it's sometimes I would, it's hard because sometimes you feel like I hide sometimes because I feel like I don't want people to see the negative side of me. And that's also, you know, being vulnerable and, and, and asking people to love that side as well. So that's a, that's a hard thing, but, but really being positive, people want to be around that. I do much better when I'm being good to myself. Yeah. I mean, it makes a ton of sense. Like, let's just be real about it. If you 
are not feeling good about yourself, it's hard to kind of fake it. You don't want to ever come across as disingenuous or inauthentic. You want to have an authentic and a real enthusiasm, not a fabricated one. If you're not feeding your body, your mind, your soul in a way that will allow you to feel good about yourself, then yeah, it's going to be hard to to kind of keep up any level of energy, let alone the type of energy that Michael Mullen has. So let's 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 dive in a bit deeper. I want to talk about habits and rituals because you mentioned getting up early. I'm always fascinated by, okay, g- give me the nitty-gritty detail here. You know, you're waking up at what time? You're what kind of workout are you doing? You talk about meditation, do you have a time of day that you do it? Eating habits, things like that. It, it really intrigues me to listen and hear what others are doing to take care of themselves. So I'd love to kind of get a bit more detail from you. Great. So like right now, I'm back to making sure that I keep myself in tip top shape. And and, and I think it wanes and waxes for all of us, you know, like everything. So my habits right now, I wake up at 440 every single day to get to a five o'clock workout class. It's called Orange Theory. It's an amazing hour long workout class where I'm I'm literally at, at the end of it. Like I am exhausted. And it feels great. It feels amazing. Right after that, I meditate. So I read somewhere where if you run and then meditate right afterwards, it's like um, uh, it's a it's a uh, the effect is is even greater. So I get home and I meditate for just short meditation, ten minutes right after that. Lately, and I've done this in the past. I just started it again. I've been taking a cold shower, and you get the hardest thing done. So I, I you know I get this hardest workout. Then I get this hard meditation because meditation is not easy. It comes naturally easy for some people, but not for other people. I got a racing mind. So, you know, that's not easy. And then I go take a cold shower and that's not easy. So I get these three things that aren't easy done before 6.30 in the morning and the rest of your day, it's a little bit easier because you got all this stuff that was really hard already done and you already feel accomplished for the day. So that physically and, and you know that's, that that, that kind of hits everything physically, emotionally, and spiritually. It kind of fits everything right now, and I've been doing that on and off for the last couple of years. I, that's been a very very similar habit, but like I've been back into it for the last two weeks, where it's been like every single day for the last two weeks I've been been doing that. Right now, I'm trying to read before I go to bed, and that's again it's been on and off throughout my life. I like to read, and right now. I am reading every single night for about 20 minutes before I go to bed instead of watching TV, instead of sometimes you get in the habit of watching TV. I notice in my life, if if I get, if I start binging television, which has happened to me in the past where, you know, if I, if I'm doing more than three shows in a day, that means I'm binging. And then, and I can always tell that something's not exactly on in my life. I want to check out. It means I want to check out. That's, that's what it is. And so when that happens to me, I, I sit down, I notice that I'm like, okay, so why do I want to, why do I want to check out right now? So let's, let's not go binge watch TV and, and instead do something positive, like read a book before you go to bed. So much better, so much better for your sleep habit and so much easier to get to sleep if you're doing that. I've been lucky. I, I, I've always had a pretty healthy diet. I think I've been lucky in that, in that realm of things because I've always liked good food and always been attracted to good food, but it's crazy. Like people won't know this about me. Like I just quit cigarettes. I was smoking cigarettes for a good six months and I quit about a month ago and I got into this horrible habit of smoking cigarettes. And I just do maybe one a day and then I actually got to maybe like four or five a day. And it's because I was stressed about some stuff in my life and I got into this bad, bad habit. And I just three weeks ago quit 
And that was so hard. It was so funny because I don't consider myself a smoker. I'm not, I'm not a smoker. Like I would never, and I'm sitting there and I'm like having like four or five cigarettes a day, Billy. And it was fucking crazy. Excuse my language. Like it was crazy to, to be like, I'm actually a smoker right now. And when that happened, I had to sit down and rewind and say, why, why at this point in my life have I, have I done something like this to not serve me? So now I'm back to serving myself and back to really being healthy. And, and, and it's, and it's showing it's my relationships and my business and po- you do positive things and, and positive things start happening around you. Yeah. And, th- and thank you for being vulnerable and, and sharing because you, d- you didn't have to share that, but I think you're not alone. We have presidents of the United States who hide smoking, but yet they're smokers, obviously Barack Obama being a famous one, but yeah, I mean, and I know how hard it is to quit. I have a lot of people in my life that have, my mom quit smoking cigarettes. She's almost 70 years old and she just quit this year. So she's been smoking since she was probably in her teens. That's amazing. So it's, it's never too late and really congratulations for kicking it and, and getting rid of it. And I totally get it, right? You, you, you didn't ever associate yourself as a smoker because it wasn't something that was a, a big part of your life. All of a sudden you're smoking four or five cigarettes a day. And yeah, then you start saying, wow, I, I'm, I'm a smoker. What? <laughs> Crazy. I want to talk about role models because it is really, I think, important to have people to look toward as an example not to say that you want to do what they do or be them, but they're just a good example of what it is you're aspiring to be. And again, it doesn't have to be a carbon copy, but at the same time, if you know what success looks like, if you see somebody that has the type of life, whether that be career, whether that be relationships, it could be anything. If it is something that you're impressed by or something that you feel a great amount of respect for, who would be the role models in your life? I'm mean, someone that I love and I have a funny story about it, Billy. You know, I, I am, this is, this is great, Billy. Cause I feel like we're, we're being really true and raw and getting down to some, you know, truth about leaders, which, which there's highs and lows. And, and someone that I really love is Tony Robbins. You know, I, so I mean, he's loved by millions and millions and millions of people out there, but I think there's a really a, a reason for it. And he has changed himself and change his approach. I've been listening to a lot of his, his recent podcasts and different things. And it's a lot, lot more spiritual side to Tony and, and really interviewing spiritual leaders instead of just the achievement because he's achieved so many things, but also the achievement inside. And, and I was just listening to him the other day and he was just talking about him and his wife and their relationship. And, and he was getting vulnerable and he's like, my wife loves me for me, not for what everyone else sees me. As Tony Robbins, when I get home and I'm, you know, I'm not in that great mood sometimes, you know, my wife loves me for that guy, that Tony Robbins. Uh, And it was, it was a part for him being vulnerable, very quick part of him being vulnerable, but it was really awesome to hear that. And I think I love him because he has that infectious enthusiasm too. I think that's what it is. And, and so I'm, I'm really attracted to that and I'm guided by that. And I, I, I hope to be that for other people. And, but what's funny, Billy, so I actually went to a Tony Robbins event one time and I left, I left the event. I was in my, the second day, it was a five day event and I was in a really dark place and I actually left the event and flew home, made excuse. I was with somebody. I made a, I made a lie. This person probably listened. It's like, oh, you lied to me. I'm like, yeah, I lied to you. I made an excuse because I was in such a bad place and I couldn't be around the, the positive energy. It was really crazy to have done that. And I left and I, and I, and I came home and, and things got better, of course, like they always do. And I, and I, like my mom always said, this too shall pass. And, and I left. It was pretty amazing. So that's, that Tony's a role model, a huge role model for me. 
another one's cliche and you know it's is is my mom my mom is she passed away a few years ago um and she would always write positive affirmations throughout the the house and you know, I never knew this, but I think she had, you know, I, I found out later in life that she had depression problems, stuff like that, but she really kind of hid them well. And she would always, always be working on herself, reading, writing, reading positive books. And, and, and I have all these affirmations all around the house. And I remember she went through about, it was Alzheimer's or a similar thing that she, she passed from, but in her last days of life, how, how joyful she was, you, you know, like it was, it was like, all these thoughts that you probably have going around your mind and, and so many people have uh, that, that those kind of things went away. I think those thoughts, those negative thoughts went away and it, it, she became her essence and she was so joyful and full of joy during those last few years of her life. And, and she always was, but I think her always working herself and her always trying to be a role model for her kids her four kids, what I want to be for my for my son, you know, and, and my family, people around me is, is someone that they can look at and be like, yeah, he's always trying to work on himself and be better and work through some of the, some, some of the hard things in life and, and, and actually become a better person. Thank you for sharing that. At, at what point did you realize that she may be battling with depression? Was it something that you determined or figured out after her death? Was it something that you figured out while she was alive? And, and what was that like to kind of realize that your, your mother, even though she, Outwardly, she didn't show it, and she was kind of to the contrary. She was working on herself. She was developing herself. She was, has these positive affirmations. If you're comfortable sharing, when did you realize that she actually battled with depression? It was getting into her sickness a few years after she got she got sick, and it was more discussion with my older sister, who was very close to my mom, and and also suffered from depression, and and it's really hurt for her. She's gotten over it, and it's been amazing for her and her life and talking to her and, and, and us and her realizing it and understanding it and really understanding what depression is. And so when I f- kind of figure it out, it kind of, the pieces kind of came together like, yeah, you know, that this is why maybe she acted like this or some certain periods of her life was like this, but she didn't want anyone to know. She wanted to, she wanted just to be a positive impact on people. And so she didn't want people to know, which, which I think is good and and bad in some ways, you know, like, I think it's good to share these things because millions and millions and millions of people throughout the United States are are taking antidepressants and and it's, it's such a stigma. Mental health is such a stigma in our society. And it's really sad that it is. It should be spoken about a lot more, a lot more. My wife is a therapist. People don't talk about it. You know, we have illness all the time. Someone has, you know, my wife went through two hip surgeries, had just this debilitating hip issue. And that's, that's, that's great. That's allowed. But people that have uh, mental disabilities, sometimes, you know, people don't want to talk about it. Totally agree. The conversation um, needs to happen more. It needs to be an ongoing discussion and, People sweep it under the rug. They they don't talk about it. But in reality, this is a a huge, huge, huge problem. It's not a pro, It's not as much a problem that it exists, in my opinion. I mean, yes, it is a problem that it exists. But I think it's an even bigger problem that we don't talk about it. Because if we don't talk about it, we can't treat it. We can't give the attention to it that it needs. And I think so. It's just a, it's just a bigger problem that we don't talk about it mm-hmm. um, because it exists. And, and I think we we need to. Shifting gears a little bit, you know, we're going to get into our lightning round here in a few minutes. But before we do, want to talk about when you look at strong leaders, and clearly you, you've had to identify strong leaders as a vice president, now as a business owner, 
as somebody that has, as to your own point, has surrounded yourself with great people. Curious if there is a a set of traits or qualities that you look for in a leader. And if so, would love to hear what those are. I think there's so many different qualities and so many different types of leaders. And, and there's so many different, I guess, types of leaders. For me, I'm looking for people that have gone through hardship and can talk about it and, and have grit. Grit's a really great word that been beaten down. You've made mistakes. You've had failures but you can learn from those failures. So that's also putting the ego aside sometimes and and being able to put your ego aside because to be able to work with large groups, you know, and especially be able to really work as a, as a team member, you have to be able to put your ego aside. I think some leaders from the very top can have a huge ego and in, 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 in certain industries, that's great. And, and, and that's needed to get some achievements, but I think to work as a, as a really coherent team, you need to put your ego aside. You need to really have uh, grit and, and, and learn from your mistakes and learn from your failures and bring positivity, bring positivity to the table. And when things aren't going well, be able to, to, to work through it and figure out how to get a solution. Yeah. I think the positivity thing's a must, right? And you and I, we've been around toxic individuals mm-hmm. that really do harm to a company and, and and tons of damage. And I think the more we can identify people that have a really positive outlook, and it doesn't mean that they're, they ignore when things aren't going well, to your point, that they need to both be positive and capable of navigating the waters when they're choppy. And I love that. Anything else that comes to mind? You talk about people that know themselves, that have had some hardships in their life. You talk about positivity. What else stands out as, as a leadership trait that you relish and that you feel is, is critical? I think a vision of who you want to be and, and what you want to do. And, and I think that following the, your vision with a passion. So like, so, so I, I really, when people come into my company and, and I try to surround myself, I'm like, why do you want to be here at this company? Why do you want to be in this industry? And, and if you can really explain that, so it's not just another job that you're looking for. Like you're, you're actually following some kind of passion that you have. You know, I think that's important. I think people that are following their passion and, and, and following and passion can become in so many different ways, but if you're following your passion, you'll find the right place for you. So I'm always looking for people that are, that can really explain why they want to be part of this team, why they want to be part of this industry. They know themselves well. Couldn't agree more. That's a really strong point. Well, we're at the point right now where we're going to do our lightning round. Our lightning round is a series of questions where you give a very quick answer to a situation or a concept that I'm going to share, and you can tell me your gut reaction to the question. So let's get started. The first question is, what excites you? Solar. I mean, easy, easy question. Solar excites me, Billy. Solar really excites me. Love it. What surprises you? My son, my three and a half year old son and, and the things that come out of his mouth. And I'm like, how, how did you learn that? You're only three and a half. You have so many amazing insights to life already. <laughs> that surprises me. Isn't it amazing? Yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty special. Like, and, and they do say the darndest things and often the most surprising things. Okay, yeah. what scares you? Oh, what scares me? Failure can be really scary. Owning my own company is scary relying a hundred percent. I feel like it's on myself, you know, when it's not, there's so many people around me supporting me. That scares me, you know, just living in this world scares me. You get scared all the time, Billy. And, and that's why you have to come back up and, 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 and really surround yourself with people that love you and, and, and realize it's not a scary world when you have that. 
so true. And, and, you know, I don't think you're alone when, when you say failure scares you. I think everyone really, and the, if they're being honest, the failure is a scary thing. Okay. So, you know, you talked about reading, you talked about the importance of feeding your, your mind and, and you read on a daily basis. It's some, it's a ritual that you have every night you read uh, before you go to bed, as opposed to binge watching television. What book have you recommended more than any other book and why? A book I've recommended and I've read plenty of times. I have it on book on tape. It's called Awaking the Giant Within. It's by Tony Robbins. And, and I recommend it because it's really short and and really powerful. It's like a, just like a it's 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 a one-two punch, like really fast one-two punch. And and I think that sometimes people need that. It's a knock in the head. And so I, I really love that book. You can read it or listen on tape in like two hours. I remember feeling down one day and listening to that like I'm, I'm gonna listen to Waking the Giant within today and and it uh it picked me up. And it's clear you've had it for a while since you're still calling it a book on tape. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> sort of dating ourselves, right? Who's the most inspirational person in your life and why? This will probably be cliche. I gotta say my wife. I gotta put a plug in for my wife because she's unbelievable. She's she's amazing what she does. I'm a very positive person. She's very positive too. She had this this hip problem for 10 years. And it was a really um, obscure hip problem. And she kept trying to figure out what was wrong, went to nine different uh, doctors, misdiagnosed her, and finally found a doctor that diagnosed her correctly, had to go to the two major surgeries where they put, they they cut her hips in three different places and put needles that were seven inches long into her. And now she's doing Pilates and yoga and running around and like her hips are unbelievable. And this happened like right when I met her, she had really debilitating hip issues. And for her to, to go through all that and find the solution, it was amazing. It was amazing to see. And it's so, we're so glad that's behind us now and, and that she's doing great. A testament to the power of persistence. Uh, clearly she didn't give up despite the fact that she didn't find the answer in over 10 years. So I'm glad to hear that it's resolved and that she's making strides towards full recovery from that. Okay. So if you could spend one hour with anyone living or dead, who would it be and why? So I'm not a very religious person, but someone that's had such an amazing influence on the world is, is Jesus Christ. And, and I was, I was thinking if I had to spend an hour with somebody, I'd, I'd just love to spend an hour with Jesus and talk to him and see if this is was part of his plan, I guess. You know, religion was part of his plan. And, you know, like he's definitely an influencer and, and, and leader. And uh, I'd love to spend an hour with him. That would be an interesting conversation. At the very least, it would be fascinating to understand and really see who he is. And, and I'm not sure I, how PC I, that, that answer is, Billy. That's, be, a, that's, a, that's a funny answer. Yeah, <laughs> right? It's, it's okay. Okay, if you had the chance, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? It's going to all turn out good no matter what. No matter what highs and lows. Like, like stay centered. Keep on your path. Find a mentor. Find someone to help mentor you stay on your path and it turns out good. Turns out good, Mike. I love it. I love the uh, reassurance that, that everything's going to be all right, Mon. Uh, and, and it's so true though, right? I mean, even when you have the worst things in your life happen, and I know some some people have absolutely horrible things happen in their life, but your mother's saying is, is a powerful one. This shoot, This too shall pass. Because it really does, and time's an incredible healer. It's, it's how women can have a child after, after childbirth, a second child after childbirth. And time is an incredible healer. And if we allow ourselves to heal and if we allow our, 
the time to to do what it's capable of doing, which is remember that, you know, life does go on regardless of the pain, the agony, the the frustration, the anger that, that can occur as a result of whatever situation we find ourselves in. Um, eventually things, things will get better. Do you have any regrets in life? And if so, what are they? I have a cliche. I, I hate to say I have regrets because I'm here where, where I'm at. You know, what's funny. It's, it's, talking a little earlier and think of it now, like, like leaving that Tony Robbins and not finishing that and not finishing something. Those are things I regret, you know? So, so not, not going through and, and finishing the three other days of Tony Robbins, not, you know, I, I used to be an accountant and I never went and got my CPA and, and it probably would have been six months of more work and, and maybe I'll do it one day, but it's always in the back of my head. Like I should have just done it. You know, like if, if you're, you're almost there, just, just finish it, finish it. And so I think those small things where I don't finishing something, you learn from that. But you also, it's, it's something that nags at you. What a great point. I mean, geez, that's an insight right there. Is And I'll be honest, being super vulnerable, and my wife will attest to this, I have a lot of unfinished projects. It, it mostly involves housework. <laughs> uh, I tend to finish the projects that I work on work-wise, but not always. I have a lot of business ideas. I have a lot of things that I've worked on uh, in a lot of household items that, you know, whether that be putting the latch on the gate or finishing my fence or finishing what have you, I try to live my life with no excuses, no regrets, because if I regret something, am I, am I regretting it because it happened? Because it, if it didn't happen, I wouldn't have learned from it. Mm. And so this is maybe a, my, my way of sort of tricking my mind into not having a regret, but you know, we learn from everything that happens in our lives, everything. And just like you learned from leaving that Tony Robbins early, that taught you a lesson, right? Taught you a lesson to to finish things and to to not give in, even if you're not feeling perfect at that exact moment. But that being said, I, I really agree with the sentiment of of finishing things. Like it, it's such a important feeling to know that you've accomplished something, that you've completed something. And conversely, I think it's such a hollow feeling and a, such a not good feeling when we don't complete something. So I think that's a, that's a powerful insight. Mike, when you think about, you talked about when you have this conversation with your 20-year-old self that you would recommend finding a mentor. Who are your mentors and what have they taught you? You know, I've, I think in my life, a lot of my mentors have been people that have... Um, have been my managers or, or leaders in companies. And one important thing, I remember one manager in particular, you know, I, I idolized him and he taught me so much. And it was amazing learning from this, this, this manager. And I found out some stuff from him that, that wasn't, that, that wasn't perfect about him. You know, it was interesting and, and actually like made me, it, it was actually a hard thing to deal with, you know, like, I, I, I won't go into the details, but like, I was just like, oh, oh, this person's, this person's not perfect when I was younger. And, and it made me realize like, yeah, we, we all have our shit and doesn't mean that we can't show up and do amazing things in this world. And so, you know, because I put a lot of my effort into my career, a lot of the people that have been mentors to me have been in my career in the few different companies that I've been in. And realizing that we're all human and we're all doing our best, it's humbling. It's really humbling. Yeah, it's a great point. And I, I have a very similar answer. You know, as I think back to my mentors, I, I've learned things from everyone that I've worked with, both people that have reported to me and people that I've reported to. And some of them have been extra, extraordinarily valuable mentors, teachers, 
and and in some cases it's it's not only that they're teaching me what to do but i'm also seeing and observing what not to do um you know i had another guest share that same thought and it is interesting when you think about we invest a lot of our time and energy into the work that we do and and being part of organizations that we believe in and and then yeah as a result we surround ourselves with amazing people absolutely extraordinary people and i think they all have lessons to teach and if we're open to it those lessons can can really be powerful and valuable parts of of, of our experience and, and and make us who we are today right we, we're a product of our experiences as i said earlier you, you've had an, a, a ton of success in your life curious if you could pinpoint your greatest and probably the the accomplishment that you're most proud of so you know i'm really if i if i think of it right now billy so i went from solar city slash tesla and and having this amazing career and in charge of one one time nine nine hundred people on the east coast and it was amazing and to to go from there and then I then I started to start my own company and there was you know there, there the leaving a solar city was hard it was um I made some mistakes at the company that I that I saw that I I'd made some mistakes and I'm like this is not going to work out and then going from that to selling 20 the first 20 jobs this company I started bootstrapped it the company I'm with right now Gen Renew or, or I helped create it with my with my co-founder and I sold the first 20 jobs by myself I I knocked doors I went to events, I bought leads and and sold the first 20 jobs with no help from anyone else and and I was really proud to be able to go from from being, you know, having almost 1000 people under me and 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 having 3000 sales a month to then going and doing it myself. So I was really proud to be able to do that, to to start at the bottom again. Start at the bottom again. It was really it was really amazing and to and now grow that my company's doing well right now. Um, we still have uh, growing pains. Uh, it's been two years and we have close to 60 employees and it's, uh, it's, it's fun. It's exciting, but I really did it from polar opposites of where I was to where, where, where I had to start over again. And it was a, it was a really great achievement for me. I love that. That's, that's the achievement you said. Um, because I mean, you could pick anything you could pick being in charge of 900 people. That That's an achievement. But the fact that you picked just getting your hands dirty, right. Doing the work that you expect other people to do. And clearly you had the ability, you've sold hundreds of jobs already, but you, you had a long career in between when you were selling directly. And, and as a leader, you know, it's easy to push that and aside and say other people should do that. So, but that's just a testament to who you are and um, not, not surprising one bit. Speaking of surprises, what may surprise our audience about you? You know, we've learned a lot about you. We learned about who you are as a leader, a theme that we talked about was enthusiasm. And so clearly that's, that's something we know about you. But what may we not know about Michael Mullen? The uh, eyes of being vulnerable. And, you know, another person I really um, look up to is Tim Ferriss. He's done amazing things with, with podcasts and books that he's written. And, you know, like I, I, I suffer, you know, like I, you know, suffer through depression in many different times of my life. And a lot of people don't know that about me. And it's, it's a, it's a hard one to open up to, but it's, I think it's so important. You know, I, I mentioned Tim Ferriss cause he, he's very open about him suffering through depression in many different times in his life. 
And I think it's important that people hear that from people like Tim who, and, and from me who, who have had an amazing career, an amazing life, but then sometimes just don't believe in themselves. And, and hopefully that helps someone else be like, wow, like people suffer, you know, just because you get to this high in your life doesn't mean you're always where you're supposed to be. And, and so, you know, I think that would surprise some people, especially people that don't know me that well. And I think it's important to talking about that to help people that are suffering from mental, mental disabilities and mental disorders and, and, and help them to reach out, reach out and get help because help is out there. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Uh, I can't say enough uh, about how much it means uh, to just have, be open and, and, and being vulnerable and, and sharing. And, you know, I, I couldn't agree more that it is a conversation that, that needs to happen more often and, and that there are ways for people to get help. And so I think that's a, a, a great message. Well, I'm uh, elated uh, with the time that we've had together. My last question is is really a simple one. It's what else, man? A- anything else that you, you want to share, you know, kind of been open-ended, uh, anything, any insights, anything that you think would be valuable for this audience to know, you know, kind of open it up to you and then, and then we'll wrap up. I mean, you know what, Billy, this has been so, so enjoyable and it's great to, you know, have someone like you in my life that, that we've known each other on and off for, for 10 years, 11 years now. And we get together and we're able to talk like this. I feel such a connection to you. And, you know, it reminds me that, that we need to all be connected to other, to, to our, to our fellow humans, uh, not just the people around us, but those people in your life from before. And, you know, like after this, I think I'm going to go and, and, and phone a friend I haven't talked to in, in at least six months. And he had just had a baby, but they, like, you know, and I haven't talked to him since he had one. It just reminds me really about how important relationships are. It's what drives life. It's really what drives life. So I, Billy, I really wanted to thank you for having me on your show. It, it really has, it's great. It makes me feel great and it gives me enthusiasm to be able to do that. And I'm love to see what you're doing, Billy. And, and you're so talented. It's great to see you thriving and be involved in it. Thanks, man. Wow. Super humbled to hear that. Incredibly grateful to have you on the show. You are an exceptional human being, somebody that I always love being around. You make me a better person. I am inspired by you. I know others are as well. And hopefully throughout this journey on this on this show today, they got a, a, a glimpse into who Michael Mullen is. And, you know, we're all imperfect. We all have our flaws. You know, our life isn't just one dimensional. There's, there's so many facets to our life. And I think that's, that's clearly illustrated through this conversation today. I have no doubt that you'll have continued success and I am so grateful for our friendship and so grateful to have you in my life. Michael Mullen, you're a true rock star. Thanks buddy. And really, really appreciate you, you being on the show today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Insight Out. I hope you enjoyed the show and I really hope you took away some valuable insights that will help you in your career, in your business, or in your life. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate the show on your favorite podcast platform. This is extremely helpful and I can't tell you how much I would appreciate it. Also, if you haven't checked out our website yet, you can find us on the interweb at insightoutshow.com. On the site, you'll find tons of great content, including all of our podcast episodes, videos, blog posts, and the all-important link to support this show through Patreon. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it's an amazing platform that helps creators gain the support they need 
to continue creating. And remember, your next life-changing breakthrough moment may happen when you least expect it. Insight out.